It's The Principle with Pastor Mac, where we learn the heart of God through the mind of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am your host, Pastor Mac. Join me as we dive into the passages of Scripture and find out how principles from God's Word give us the power to overcome the problems of life. Hello, everyone. So glad you're with me on this podcast. This is episode 30. This is my 30th podcast I've done. And uh, I feel like I'm just getting started. I, you know, there's just so much to this thing. I guess because we're all still learning, right? There's still so much for us to to find out and grow in and areas we can grow in our lives before the Lord comes back and calls us home. And of course, I can't wait for that day. I don't know about you, but um, so glad you're with me. Glad you're here. And, and again, I, I want to share that if if I am encouraging you or helping you in some way, just want to encourage you to to share it with someone else, uh, this podcast. And and uh, uh, that's what we can do to get the word out. And I, as always, I, I so appreciate it. I so appreciate it. So uh, I'm going to do something a little different tonight. And uh, I'm going to go to the New Testament. I know you probably thought I didn't even know what the New Testament was. I've spent so long in the Old Testament, but I I do, uh, believe it or not, I do know what the New Testament is. And I want to look at something. I I, I want to start off by saying I, I love being Pentecostal. I love it. I believe in it. I think it's, uh, I think it's real. I think it's right. Um, I think like a lot of things in the church, in the history of the of the kingdom of God, that there have been things about Pentecost that have been misused and abused. Um, things that I'm sure that the Lord looks at us and shakes his head and wonders what we're thinking. Uh, but uh, there, in this in this day right now, with the whole Asbury thing going on and and what seems to be revival. Uh, or I, I don't think it's revival. I'm calling it a renewal. Uh, but anyway, um, going on in, in the church and around the around the nation, uh, I want to I want to do my part to make sure that we don't get so caught up in the in the hype. And get don't get me wrong, I'm excited for all this, right? I mean, we've been having some tremendous services in our church. Uh, I mean, fantastic. A couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of people saved. We've had some people join the church. I mean, just, and the services have been fantastic. So I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or a uh, fussy britches or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I want to try to bring some balance to this. And, and if you know me, you know, I am passionate about living for the Lord and sharing God's word. And I tell my church all the time, if you don't get that, I enjoy what I do, then you're not paying attention. I I love what I do. I love tearing into God's word and I love the moving of the spirit. And I love it when I feel his presence, when I'm preaching or went during a worship service or even times alone and, and just sense him with me. And, and, uh, and so uh, and just in case you're wondering, I am a little stopped up. I, I didn't do a podcast last week. I was down and out with the flu, uh, but on the on the road to recovery. So if I sound a little different, just know why. Um, but I, I want to look at this because I, my, here's a concern that I have. I, my concern is that Pentecostals by nature, 
we we are emotional by nature and we we tend to go toward the extremes and i'm not trying to pick on anyone or anything um but we we tend to look for the sensational right for uh for the the larger than life experiences and and I, I love those times that that has happened in my life and in my ministry. But if if we're if all we're looking for is the next mountaintop experience, right? If all we're looking for is the next shout, and if all we're looking for is that next service that just sweeps us off our feet, if that's all we're looking for. What's going to happen is it's going to it, 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 we're going to become shallow. There's not going to be any depth to our relationship with the Lord and who we are as children of God. If all we're looking for is the next shout, if all we're looking for is the next guy to lay his hand on us and us go out and and get slain in the spirit as they call it or 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 whatever or to experience the goosebumps if that is the depth of our relationship then when times get tough and we don't experience those things it, it leaves us feeling or longing or thinking somehow we we're, we're we've missed it or we're out or somehow god is not with us and um and so I want to I want to kind of kind of ground us a little bit and look at a passage of scripture that I I feel like again even as a Pentecostal and and that I feel like is truly what the Spirit is is about in the life of a believer and and, and may dig into this whole Holy Spirit and thing for the next few episodes because I, I do these in 30 minute increments. And so I'm not going to have enough time to go through this one passage of scripture. Uh, so this will be a few episodes, but I, I really think right now, especially in this environment, that it's vital, that it's crucial, that we make sure that we're, we're focused on the right thing. And, and get ourselves and our lives in proper perspective. So I'm not trying to bash revival. I'm not trying to bash Asbury, and I'm not trying to bash what's going on and possibly even your church, and, and I'm not trying to speak against it. Please hear me. I believe in all of this. I believe in Pentecost, and I believe it's right. And so I, I'm not not trying to speak against it. But if there is one passage that I feel like that really ultimately gets to the nuts and bolts of who the Holy Spirit is and and what he does in our lives, it's in Galatians chapter 5, and it's on what is called the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, um, as as a pastor... I struggle with, I struggle with something. I struggle with um, this this focus on the gifts of the Spirit without a proper foundation of the fruit of the Spirit. I will tell you right now. I'm going to go ahead and put this on record. 
I am not against the gifts of the Spirit, but if you were to ask me between the fruit and the gifts, which are more important, I will tell you every day of the week and twice on Sunday, as they used to say, the fruit of the Spirit is infinitely more important than the gifts. There's no comparison. It's not even close. In fact, I don't even know that they should be in the same conversation. Now, I I, I get it. I, I get it. I, I, it sounds like I'm bashing the gifts. I'm not. I am a firm believer in the gifts. However, I truly feel like in the body of Christ and in the history of Pentecost that a lot of the excesses and the abuses and the misuses that we've seen in the gifts of the Spirit are because those people who are trying to exercise the gifts of the Spirit are not rooted and grounded in the fruit of the Spirit. There is no fruit in their life, and because there's no fruit in their life, their gifts are are without discipline, and they're without structure, and they're without decency and order. And God is a God of decency and order. And so if we're going to, as Pentecostals, if we're going to, as children of God, if we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He does, any serious study, any serious study on the Holy Spirit and who he is and how he interacts in the life of the believer must always start with the fruit, always. And I will tell you why. I'm going to start off. Let me just read the passage, and then I'll tell you why. Uh, So it's it's Galatians chapter 5, and it's verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Um, and then last verse of the chapter, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, so let me explain why the fruit of the Spirit it has to be your starting point. It's got to be your, your starting block. Is because the gifts of the Spirit are associated with what we do. Right? Tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, miracles, uh, you know, healings, and, and all of those. All, all of those are, are things that we do. But the fruit of the Spirit deals with who you are. They deal with your character, with your heart. They deal with how you you deal with the flesh. In fact, I said this just a few weeks ago to my church, and I'm going to say it right here, um, is that the, the first battle as a child of God, the first battle, if we're going to conquer the enemy, if we're going to operate in the Spirit, The first battle we must face and we must win is the battle against ourselves. It's the battle of the flesh. In fact, I I just preached a series on judges. And if you go back to the first of judges, the first first battles in the judges that, uh, that the children of Israel lost, and because they lost, they could not drive the enemy out. One of the first battles was the five kings of the Philistines. And, um, I've heard it represented, and, and I firmly believe this, that those five kings represent the five senses, which represent the flesh. 
And because the children of Israel could not deal with the five senses, could not deal with the flesh, because they couldn't battle and defeat the flesh, they were unable to drive the enemy out of the promised land and see total victory. And it's the same in the life of a child of God. If we don't first battle our own flesh, in fact, that's verse 24. After the fruit of the spirit, it says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. The idea of the spirit walking in the spirit and the idea of the spirit living in us as we walk in the spirit. The first thing we've got to do, if we're going to see the Spirit operate through us, and and I get it, the gifts of the Spirit, I want the gifts of the Spirit. I pray all the time for the gifts of the Spirit to operate through me. I've had the gifts of the Spirit operate through me. But the issue has to first be, are we willing to crucify the flesh? And that comes under the guides, or, or, or of the guides, excuse me, of the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is what is necessary in order for us to operate and use our flesh. Because the gifts of the Spirit are used through the flesh, through our hands. The the gift of tongues uses our tongue. The interpretation of tongues uses our mouth and our tongues and our voice. The laying on of hands for the healings and the miracles, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge come through our flesh. It is the spirit using our flesh. Well, the only way the spirit can use the flesh properly in the gifts of the spirit is that the flesh must first be crucified so that the fruit of the spirit can can rule and reign over our flesh. That is exactly what Galatians chapter 5 is talking about. In fact, if you look just before the fruit of the Spirit, he's talking about what the flesh does. Uh, the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like. Those are all things that are done with the flesh. And in order for the Spirit to operate through us in the gifts, the fruit, the Spirit must first operate in us with the fruit. And in order for that to happen, there is a twofold process. One, we have to crucify the flesh. Two, that allows the Spirit to birth in us, because remember, fruit is a is something that, that grows out of something, right? You have an apple tree, the apple grows, f- the, 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 the fruit, or not the fruit, but the source of the apple that grows on the apple tree is inside the apple tree. It's not something that gets placed on the apple tree. It's something that that is birthed from within the apple tree. So within that tree, there must be something within it that allows the fruit to come out of it. And it's the same way with the Spirit. If the fruit of the Spirit is going to come out of us, then the flesh has to be kind, has to become the kind of tree, so to speak, that has within it the Spirit so that the Spirit can produce out of us the fruit. Now, again, I'm not even going to get into all the fruits tonight. Uh, in fact, I'm going to leave you with something that may, that, that to give you to think about until next week. So just, just hear me out on this. 
I've told my church, and I'm going to sound kind of anti-Pentecostal, but believe me, I am not. If you do not have the fruit of the Spirit operating in your life, then don't come to me talking to me about all the gifts that you have. If you are not demonstrating love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if that fruit, and it is singular, and I'll talk about that maybe not this time, but next time, that fruit, if it is not manifesting in your life, then don't come around me t- talking in tongues and trying to give me a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. See, that's where the problem has been in the body of Christ, is that we've got all these people focusing on the gifts, but because they aren't guided by the fruit, there's a lack of depth, there's no root, there's no character, and so the fruits get, I mean, the gifts get used, but they're undisciplined, they're chaotic, they cause confusion, they cause hurt, they cause division. The fruit has to be the guiding principle when the gifts are being used because the fruit is evidence of your character. Gifts are evidence of the characteristics. See, and that's a big difference. The fruit is evidence of the character. So let me say that one more time for all my good Pentecostal friends out there that I'm that maybe I'm causing a tizzy right now for them. Do not listen to me if you are not manifesting in your life the fruit of the Spirit. If you're not focusing on the life of the Spirit being evident in your life by the fruit of the Spirit, then don't come to me with all the gifts. In the life of a child of God, I'm going to say something I don't know that I've ever heard in a Pentecostal church. Because a child of God lacks the fruit, the gifts actually cause more harm because the fruit is not there as the guiding force in the use of the gifts. And um, I know that there may be some people that have an issue with me when I say that, but I'm going to tell you, I have seen it in my life. And if you're honest, you probably have too. See, that's... Mm, mm. I'm trying not to get off on a, on a hobby horse here. I'm really trying to stick to the word. So we, we've got to understand, we've got to understand that. Gifts have are, are evidenced by the things that we do, which means they are done with this body. But if 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 your body is a tool, so to speak, that the spirit intends to use, then there must be, there must be guidelines in place for that body in order for those gifts to be used properly. And the guidelines that are put into place for this body is the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit doesn't grow and doesn't manifest in your body until you put this body to to, to death, until you crucify the flesh. And so, child of God, listen to me. 
If you want to see victory, if you want to see the gifts operating in your life, if you want to see spiritual battles won in your life, the first thing you've got to do is put your flesh under control. If you can't say no to yourself, how in the world do you think you're going to say no to the enemy who is smarter, wiser, stronger, than you will ever be. And, in, and, and, and I've seen it too many times. I've seen it too many times. I've seen it too many times. Children of God, I've seen it too many times in my ministry. Whine and cry, and I, I don't, and I apologize. I, I know I sound cruel. But they whine and cry about how they can't overcome the enemy when the whole time they can't even deal with themselves. What did Jesus say? If any man would follow me or come after me, what's the first step? Let him deny himself. We have got too many children of God in the body of Christ running around without self-discipline, without self-control, unable to say no to themselves and because they're unable to say no to themselves they are they are powerless to say no to the enemy and so we're going to talk about this over the next couple two or three episodes i I don't know it may take more than that but I, i i if i could share one thing with the whole body of christ it would be this thought this idea now, if I could share one thing with the world, it'd be the gospel. So don't don't think that I'm off in left field here somewhere. If I could share one thing with the world, it would be the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if I could share one thing with the body of Christ, it would be that we have got to get this idea, we have got to get this truth of the fruit of the Spirit, we have got to get it into our into our thick skulls. See, we we're we're, we're again, especially as good Pentecostals, we want so hard to go after the gifts that we we don't have a firm foundation upon which those gifts can be operated through. See, because the gifts you got to see, I'm going to, let me just throw out another verse. And, and I, I, I did not intend to get on a hobby horse. This is not who I am. I like to go through a verse and study it and original language and pull out principles and all that. But, uh, but we, we got to get this. We got to get this. The scripture says that the spirit is subject to the prophet. First Corinthians chapter 14, the spirit is subject to the prophet. Meaning, meaning how you operate as a person is meant to be the guiding factor in how the Spirit is operated through you. You got, yeah. oh, goodness gracious. If the Spirit is subject to the prophet, that means the Holy Spirit, listen to this, that means the Holy Spirit chooses, chooses to put himself under 
Now, I'm not now. Don't 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 misconstrue what I'm saying here. I'm not talking about us being more powerful than God. But the Holy Spirit chooses to put Himself in you to operate through you as you are willing to work with him. Remember, he's the paraclete. He's the one called alongside, the one that comes along and helps us. So it's a, it's a working together. The scripture talks about how the Bible was written, that holy men of old were moved as God moved upon them. The spirit was, and that the word is God breathed. So God breathed into them the thoughts of what he wanted to say, but allowed them to say it in the way that worked for them. Right? Amos was an old farmer, and he was a redneck from out in Podunkville, nowhere in Israel. And when he wrote, he wrote like a farmer. He didn't write like somebody else. He wrote like he was. Isaiah was educated and and use complicated imagery and, and poetry and all those kind of things. That's because that's who he was. He didn't write like Amos. Amos didn't write like Isaiah. And God used each of them with who they were. He used them as they were. They talked as they were. Uh, I, you know, I remember working with a pastor from North Carolina who would tell you he's just an old country boy from Western North Carolina. And I don't expect him to sound like um, a D. James Kennedy who had several degrees and was from, you know, not Western North Carolina, uh, you know, or, or somebody like that. God used him just as he is, or God uses him just as he is in his, in, in, in the way he speaks and, and the words he uses and his temperament and all of those things, God uses him and uses him greatly up there in North Carolina, just as he is, does not intend for him to be somebody else and does not intend to use him like he would use somebody else. And so it's a working together. It's a working together in order for God to use you with the spirit, the spirit to use you. So it works in conjunction. And so who you are as a person, who you are as a person greatly impacts how the spirit is going to be used through you. So before you start working and looking at the gifts, you better look at the fruit first. So, okay, that's enough of my little hobby horse for tonight. Now I told you I'd give you something to think about. Scripture says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that the fruit of the Spirit is fruit, singular. The fruit of the Spirit is. That means it is one thing. And you find it right there in that verse. The fruit of the Spirit is love. I'm just going to give you a little teaser. The rest of the what we call the fruit right? Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control are all an extension of love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, I'll explain this next week, how that works out in the, in the grammar and the Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to understand something. The fruit of the Spirit is love. 
And why is the fruit of the Spirit love? Because according to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, God is love. Jesus operated everything he did. He operated in love. And so love is the, the end sum game of everything that God is, that how Jesus operated and how the spirit is intended to work through you. So the fruit of the spirit is love. And we'll talk about how the rest of that plays out, maybe starting next week. So again, please uh, be patient with me. Uh, I apologize for getting what it seemed like on a hobby horse, but we've got to understand this, folks. We have got to understand this. If we don't get ourselves under control and get the fruit of the Spirit operating through us, we will do nothing but cause confusion and damage in the body of Christ when this, when we try to operate the gifts. And so we got to we need to back up. We need to back up and do some and do some uh, introspection and do some reflection on who we are and how and how we operate. Because if we don't get the fruit right, then all we're going to do is cause damage with the gifts. So. Hopefully I gave you something to think about. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit. And we're going to talk about what that means and how how that should impact who we are so that then we can talk about the gifts. Thank you for listening. Um, let me know. You can, you can, you can uh, leave a comment on this podcast. Uh, you can email me, Pastor Mac, P-A-S-T-O-R-M-A-C-K-7-1 at gmail.com. Um, and let me know what you think. If you've got any questions, And thank you so much for listening. I love you. I love you. And uh, if I don't see you, if if we don't live close by and we don't see each other, then I will see you on the other side. Have a great day, evening, and we will talk to you next week. Love you.